And I think it's great to get education, but at the end of the day, you can't think it's going to be the end all be all and solve all your answers. The truth is education is wonderful, but it doesn't provide the opportunities it once did many decades ago. It's more accessible by the masses. It's a more competitive job environment. Those are just the truth. Education is wonderful, but don't think that it's going to solve all your financial problems. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to your favorite financial career podcast, The Free Retiree Show. I'm your host, Wealth Manager, Lee Michael Murphy, going solo again today, having had the chance to connect with my wonderful co-host, but we got it planned later this week. We're all getting together and putting out some great podcasts for you, but today it's just me. Today, I'm going to do a podcast on advice to the younger generation and generations on how to build wealth. So this is specifically for people that are coming out of college, uh, millennials. I myself am, I think, an old millennial, uh, older, not too old, but just a little old. But I think since we're in the season of graduation and uh, kids are thinking about uh, you know, joining the workforce, there's a lot that you can do right when you get out of school to fast track your road to getting financial freedom, building wealth. And a lot of young Adults make a lot of mistakes, and even people that are from the millennial generation are still making mistakes. Great example is myself in my early years coming out of school, being a millennial during the great financial crisis, makes you think about money differently, gives you more fear around money because you saw the impact that it had on uh, yourself, your friends, not being able to get jobs, uh, lower wages than, you know, past generations. And it kind of jaded you to how you invested and how you looked at money. And it took me a while to get past that, you know, going to college, getting a job at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you know, when I want to get a job in the financial arena, but the financial arena was basically in turmoil during that time. And uh, a lot of other millennials I know were kind of in the same boat and developed bad habits along the way. And over the last decade and a half, it's been great financial prosperity but it does feel like things are shifting. We might be getting to a point when layoffs are back in style and more people are losing their jobs and it's harder for new grads to land those dream jobs out of college. So I thought this would be a really good podcast to put everything in perspective of what people need to do uh, if you're coming out of college or you're still towards the earlier stages of your career journey. I think this will be a great episode. Uh, but before I get into it, make sure you smash that like button share our podcast. We really appreciate it. So tip number one, tip number one, establish a strong savings account. I think all too often, once we start making money or figure out how are we going to get ahead, people just jump to, oh, I'm going to start investing. And that seems like a very common answer that makes a lot of sense. But in reality, all too often, we underestimate the value of having a strong savings account. And a lot of people think, well, you know, what's the point of that? The strong savings account is your foundation. It's what everything is built on. It's not sexy. It's not glamorous. It doesn't make you feel like you're going to make money, but it gives you options and it gives you stability. And that's, although it's not sexy and it, it's boring, it's how everything, the groundwork is laid for your success by having a strong savings. Uh, you worry about, 
investments a lot if you don't have a strong savings. So if you have a lot of cash, you worry less and it makes you a better investor. That's what people don't realize. It's really easy to be a crappy investor, become irrational about your investing when you don't have a lot of cash on the side. So it also helps with life events. A lot of times in life, we get curveballs thrown at us and uh, it can be expensive. And if you don't have a good savings account, you might raid your investments during a really bad time. At the time of this recording, uh, over the last year, investments in the stock market haven't done that well. And if you just started, you probably are really discouraged. And if you didn't have a strong savings account and you put all your money in stocks, you're going to probably take a loss. But if you have that savings account set up, you have that cash, it gives you some cushion and it gives you options during the bad time. So really underrated, but super important. Establish a strong savings account first. And then, you know, once you get your three for some of us, six months in cash sitting in the bank, then start that journey on investing. So that's something I think everyone should probably look at. Tip number two, don't procrastinate on your investing. Um, Going back to what I was talking about in the beginning, uh, being a millennial during the great financial crisis, it really did jade me in, in my views of investing just because I saw so much uh, fear and disaster during that time. And I know a lot of other people feel the same way. And sadly enough, there's a ton of millennials that I personally know that have struggled with their investment journey because of how they started off. But you know, I think as they've gotten older, they've come around to the idea, but they would have been in such a better place if they had started right away. With investing, you need to start it as soon as possible. If you're a young teenager, just getting into the workforce, working a part-time job at a Jamba Juice or in an Outburger, and you can save a little bit, that is so valuable. And we don't realize that. I mean, the truth is that there are so many tech workers I know in the Silicon Valley area across the country that make multi-six-figure incomes, but have very little to show for it because they've spent lot and they haven't invested that much. Now, let's just take this example. Say you're age 15 and you start working a part-time job and you were able to save $200 a month and you invest that money. 50 years, you're at retirement age, that's going to be $1.4 million. That's, that's, you know, and you did that probably, you know, you can, you can, you could probably do that working at a minimum wage job having a side gig. It works because you started early. But let's just take someone at age 40. Age 40, they save $200. Um, and I'm, I'm sorry, I forgot to uh, assume the interest rate. The interest, assumed interest rate is around 8%. They go 25 years out to their retirement age. They have only $183,000 roughly. It's a massive difference. So my message to young investors people that are just entering the workforce, do not wait. You're going to think of all kinds of reasons of why now is not the time to invest and you need to put your money towards your car, credit card bills, going on a vacation with your friends, but don't fall into that. That's Be rare. Be rare. Be different. That's what 90% of the population falls into. And although it doesn't seem like a big deal, it makes a massive difference 
So you don't need to be making tons of money, contrary to popular belief, but you do need to be smart and intentional with your money. And if you figure that out, it can make all the difference. Think about those numbers there. It's $200 a month. Yeah, that's not a lot. Um, especially, you know, if you graduate, you get a good paying job, you can do much better than that, but it just hits home the impact of starting early. Number three, take educated investment risk. I think when you're younger, you're a younger investor, you have the ability to take on more risk than you do when you're closer to your retirement. Now, you don't want to go crazy, but you have the ability to invest in a more aggressive portfolio. In most portfolios that they give you at most financial institutions aren't that bad. They might call them aggressive or very aggressive when you check the box of the portfolio that you want, but really they're they're not terrible. And for people that have time horizons of 5 years or more, there's really not a ton of risk with those strategies. Now, if you're a person that's nearing retirement, that's a different story. You need to taper off some of that risk. But for people starting out, you can afford to take that risk. You can afford to put some of your money into smart single stocks, but you have to know what you're doing. I think you know 10% is okay. You can stretch it out maybe to 20% of the income you're putting into single stocks. But I'm sorry, I misspoke. Not of your income, but of your portfolio. Of the total portfolio you have, 10% can be in single stocks um, or 20% of the portfolio can be in single stocks, but don't go much more than that. You really need to understand what you're investing in and you need to work with someone that's really competent in that arena of being able to analyze stocks, not getting your advice on TikTok or something like that. Um, there's all things, kinds of things that can go wrong, but since you're young in your investment journey, you have the ability and the opportunity to invest in those things where you won't as you get older and later in your retirement journey. And you know, understand that for people that are risk averse, that can also lead to a detrimental decision of you know putting all your money in cash or a stable value fund. Uh, some of these words, you know, in the investment arena, they sound so scary or so safe, and you know, it's just not accurate. So going back to you know most portfolios that are more uh, equities, more inequities, uh, they're called aggressive. I don't agree really with that terminology, but that's just how the investment arena works. They call it aggressive. If it's something like cash, they're going to say stable value. And that just sounds so nice. But at the end of the day, if you're putting all your money in a stable value fund and you're just starting off your uh, investment journey, that's a terrible mistake. It's That's one of the m most devastating mistakes I see because people are putting their money into something that's not going to give them any return. And you know they're going to lose money to inflation. So uh, you know, maybe later in life you can put some of your money there, but even in retirement, it's a tough strategy to make it. Uh, most people have trouble with that sort of philosophy. So, when you're younger, understand you can take investment risk, educated investment risk, but be reasonable, be careful, and uh, work with someone that knows what they're doing. Tip number four: understand the difference between good debt and bad debt. I think this is really important because I think society as a whole has kind of demonized the word debt. And I'm someone that, you know, I stay away from debt. I mean, I have a credit card, but I pay that off every month. I try not to get myself in too much, you know, debt, hardly any at all, really. But at the same time, 
you you want to understand that there is a difference and it's not all the same like society wants you to understand it wants you to believe that it's all the same a good debt is something that helps you save and it helps you create an income bad debt is something for consumption and ultimately leads you to being a slave for someone else so there is a massive difference although we don't really speak about it buying a home condo property it's going to help you save money and be a wonderful tool buying an investment property where people will pay you money is an amazing tool and you're you can you can use debt that helps you get there and helps you with your tax situation that is a good debt and you know you need to look at it differently when you're using money for credit cards to book that cabo vacation buy those new jordans uh, you know, if you're Matt McElroy, you're buying kickboxing gloves, but th- those are bad debts and they're, and you need to understand the difference and the dangers of the bad debt. And then lastly, tip number five, don't think that education leads to financial success. I've seen this all too often where someone I know, someone I work with loses their job. They feel lost. And they're looking for an answer. And all too often we jump at, oh, we need more education. I'm going to go get that master's. I'm going to get that doctor. And and I think that's another fallacy is our society wants us to believe that education will save you and be the answer to everything. I talk with a lot of young youth uh, in the community. Sergio Patterson and I, we teach retirement uh, and financial classes for young students that are getting out of college. And I think it's great to get education, but at the end of the day, you can't think it's going to be the end all be all and solve all your answers. The truth is education is wonderful, but it doesn't provide the opportunities it once did many decades ago. It's more accessible by the masses. It's a more competitive job environment. Those are just the truth. Education is wonderful, but don't think that it's going to solve all your financial problems. According to a recent survey from Best Colleges, 54% of Americans experience mental health issues due to student debt. Also, one in three Americans regret taking out loans to fund their education. And you know, about 30% say that student debt is a barrier to them owning a home. And like I said, I'm not saying that getting an education is bad. I, you know, I got my degree. Uh, I'm glad that I did it, but I also realized that it's the, it hasn't presented the value that I thought it would when I was going through school. And that's just the truth. And if you ask many other people, I think they would agree with that opinion. Some might not. Maybe you know people that are doctors. Um, you know, definitely that amount of education definitely does pay off at the end. But for most careers, there's a lot of people that have done just fine by working hard and, uh, you know, networking and, you know, taking other uh, advanced study courses to get ahead, but not taking out tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt just to get that diploma. So it's great. Just make sure you do, you know, an honest uh, opportunity costs and analysis of you know what that education is really going to get you and understand that i would say that you know focus on other things like you know your 
your uh, your knowledge, your skills, your connections. And this is from uh, you know Reed Hoffman, who is the founder of LinkedIn. He gave some great advice that I listened to on his podcast that you know he values a bit more than education. And you know it's you know having those soft skills, uh, understanding you know the value of your connections, figuring out what your values are. That's important. A lot of us, we don't spend enough time figuring out what we truly value in life and what we want. That is probably more valuable than education. And then really taking an honest look at your skills and seeing where they can land in the market or what sort of demand do they have? Are your, like, are your values and your skills, are they what the market wants? And if they're not, figure out how you can get translate your values and skills to what appeals to the market. And I think those are things that will get you probably a bit further ahead than just education alone. But like I said, not shitting on it. I think education is wonderful. It's, it's fantastic, but it is not a, the end all be all. And it's not going to be the answer to your problems. So hopefully that's that's helpful to people that are you know still trying to figure it out, still trying to push forward in their, their journey. I think that these are things that I've worked on through my almost two decades now of being out of school and you know i think they've served me well and from the mentors that i've learned from they've taught me these values as well so hopefully this helps you uh hopefully you enjoyed this podcast like i said share us uh tune into our next episode i'll get the guys back on and uh we'll give you we'll give you another great episode with all three of us uh, for our next episode but you've been listening to the free retiree show so long for now Securities offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org, a separate entity. B. Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. Lee Michael Murphy is an investment advisor representative with Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor. The free retiree, Securities American Advisors and Securities American Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson, Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Securities American Advisors or Securities American Incorporated. Securities American Advisors, Securities America Incorporated, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party source information or comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. All or portion of this event was paid by a third party. The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Airbnb Inc. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.